It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Footballistically Arsenal is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. You will immediately realise this is not the voice of Boyd Hilton, who is away in New York celebrating his birthday. But from New York to actual York, Alan Alger is to my Very right good. Uh, taking good. place. And it was with Ronnie O'Sullivan you, uh, you were enjoying last night. Last night, yes. Uh, he won the Betway UK Championship and um, I presented the trophy to him on BBC Two and had a drink. Very a, nice indeed. A large number of people... Um, would have seen you I'm sure doing, doing mm. the coverage I had three different people who have listened to the podcast who have obviously never seen you in person wouldn't yes. know what you look like but knew that was that was you doing, uh, doing wow. the oh, they do. They, I think they do call my name out on the BBC yeah. just as I go up and get it so, so now yeah. a whole no, dozen, exactly dozens what of people like, who yeah. listen to this podcast will now be aware exactly <laughs> what you look like maybe you'll get stopped more often um, yeah I don't yeah how Not was Ronnie before. was he friendly he was on an absolute high. Um, he won it last year, and as I presented the trophy to him, he almost sort of looked through me and wasn't didn't want to talk, which is obviously absolutely fine. And last night, he was the complete opposite. You know, very talkative and on a high. He's he's, he's broken the record for major snooker tournaments, taking that off Stephen Hendry, and he was just yeah in a completely different mood. So yeah, it was great. It was a really good tournament and uh, great to hand over the trophy when he's making the history. Yeah. Who does Ronnie O'Sullivan support? Is he a football fan at all? It's a weird one because number of times where I've heard him say that he supports Arsenal and other times where he says that he supports West Ham, which is actually a bit like myself really, isn't it? I could go into both games most weekends. And then other times I've heard him say he hates football. So <laughs> very up and down. I've just uh, Googled, before we introduce our guests, I've just Googled Ronnie O'Sullivan Arsenal. There are a number of hits. So yeah. Uh, yeah. maybe we'll, we'll look into that further. 
Um, anyway, we've got two tremendous guests with us tonight. Um, one is Raja Sheikh, who, uh, like yourself, is he works in the in the betting industry. I discovered you last came on with us in March 2016. Um, I believe oh, is that right? Or March times. 2017, possibly March 2017. I can't um, remember the date exactly, but yeah. <laughs> I will. I will. I will get it right. Yeah, it was during the 2016-17 season. You came on with Alan. Oh, is that yeah. as part? You buy one get one free, really? With yeah, Alan, absolutely. Yeah. Um, there you go. You're, you're joint, back. Joint, joint in the hip. Wenger's gone. Well, yeah. So much has changed. Yeah, it's nice to see you with a smile <laughs> on the face. Is that what it is? That what it is now for you? A smile on your face as you as you go to the. No, Emirates? but I'm happy. I wasn't sure when oh, I, I came here whether whether you would be well, with I'm, a smile on your face or would you would you have a grimace? I'm getting over it slowly, uh, and I have to say I'm enjoying just the positivity around Arsenal at the moment. I think that's uh, yeah, yeah. that's what you have to say. Um, and we also have Andrew Dickens, uh, who is with us today as well, sporting uh, more of a moustache uh, and facial hair than he was last time. I, saw I know. That. I know. Well, you know. It's uh, new manager, new facial hair. It's, it's that older, uh, you know, it's, everyone's done that, right? Absolutely. Uh, no? Yeah, I mean, yeah. between us all, actually, as I look around, we're, we're all, quite, we're quite hairy, aren't we? Keep yeah. it going until the unbeaten run. Keep it. It's, it's yeah. a little bit like yeah. that, actually, yeah. Um, well, yeah, so since we last podcast, there's obviously two, two more games. Um, United feels like a lifetime ago already, so we probably mm. won't talk to you about that in too much detail. But um, how does it feel on Saturday, uh, Roger? Just before we came on air, you you described it as one of the most boring. Was that was that the well, word you boring games you've been to? They, I wouldn't say boring. Uh, I would say that the that the guys looked quite tired out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, a little, a little bit leggy, a little bit devoid of of ideas. Um, but I can forgive that in the first half. I think we all can because we're all waiting for that that second half to start to see uh, uh, to see a little bit of a change up. Just on that, I mean, you two are both in the in the betting world. Is, is any data been done about how many games a team has gone un, un, unable to win a league first half game? Um, oh, the the first half yeah. stats because that's still going. No, as I, as I said to you, the. Um, all of the prices are actually der- derived from the yeah. the match odds, so it will never change. I mean, obviously, I think I said that to you maybe six, seven. Weeks I just wondered whether to... since that has happened, whether <laughs> someone had gone actually a team no, once it... went eighteen no. or twenty, no, I mean, twenty five games without ever leading at half time in the Premier although, League. Although half time odds are offered, um, they are all derived from the match odds for, for winning the game, and nothing impacts on that at all. It's, it is weird because you can obviously make... Well, I mean, if, you've, if you have got a, a young, diligent football odds compiler, he'll start clipping in the away side yeah, yeah, or cl- clipping yeah. in the side against Arsenal, the price. I remember you and were much you wanna, like that. You know. Yeah, I was back in the day. Uh, now I'll probably just leave it because I can't be asked. But um, no, if you, if, you want, if you want a bit of value, I think, back the draw and back the team against Arsenal on the first half market yeah. and you'll probably make a little bit... Yeah, because it's gone. It's gone beyond chance. Now. It's conspiracy. There's something it's in it. Conspiracy mm. theory now. Like when Lacazette's goal was ruled out against Huddersfield, I was thinking, "Oh, this is there." It's because they're not allowed to be in front at half time. It's, yeah. <laughs> there's some sort of he's incredible that's gone out there. You, yeah, yeah, you know what I think? I think he's actually using the first half to try out new things, mm-hmm. and then going back to uh, going back to something a bit more tried and tested in the second half. Well, this was um, so a, there is a method to the madness. I from that's what it looks like. The second me. home game in a row, Andrew. Where we've made double substitution at half time. Well, I, I mean, I, I, assume, I don't again have the data or the analysis. I assume that never happened under Arsene Wenger. Two consecutive games of double substitution. No, at it's a weird thing, though, isn't it? Because I, I, I got it like against Spurs. Even though I still thought we were the better team in the first half, I kind of thought, okay, this is good. It energizes everyone, and I sort of it made sense. 
against Huddersfield, it, it, it did feel like I think I was thinking one substitution, mm. maybe bringing a, a, a more attacking midfielder, but the two and taking Lacazette off, I thought, is that a little bit done for the well, yeah. I was I was actually concerned about that because yeah. of the number of yellow cards in the game. So I actually didn't, I didn't mm. want him to use up too many substitutions at half time. But, you know, again, it was it, it made sense. It was a strange first half. I, d- I know you were at West Ham House. So no, I have you, watched it since. You watched yeah. it back. It was it seven yellows in that yeah. first half. Oh, it was it was a joke. But it was mainly because yeah. the ref couldn't take control of the game early on to punish the fouls, and then once we started sort of giving a little bit back, that's when he sort of broke the seal on the on the yellows, and then they just started to flow after that. It is a, it is a weird one, isn't it? Doesn't he have a you record know? though? Like he like averages six yellows a game, but hasn't given out a red or something right. like that Tierney it's, it's some, I'm, I'm probably not yeah. completely accurate but it's, it's close to that he's, he's, he likes to dish them out I think it, I think it's a weird thing with refs isn't it that if there's a yellow card challenge in the first two three minutes of a game it They've doesn't get given yeah hmm. but it doesn't get given but they they also set a precedent but the same challenge could happen in the 90th minute and would always be a yellow so they don't they're not consistent enough with using the yellow cards to actually penalise teams that want to come and not only put loads of men behind the ball, but be tough in the tackle and, mm-hmm. I, you know, See, three of those, a win's a win. Three of those yellows were Dives, for yeah. simulation. Yes, yeah. And I don't know how people feel about that because, I mean, Gwendouzi's, I think there's, there's not a lot of argument. Mm. I couldn't well, work out. I mean, Jackers, look- I couldn't really work out if there was any contact at all yeah I thought Mustafi was definitely like a little nibble yeah Mustafi had a, at least an excuse yeah he was definitely mm. touched Gwendouzi you know, really a, yeah Gwendouzi was just, embarrassing yeah really. <laughs> so I would think no Al you no no I agree I no, totally we should agree. cut that out yeah. that's fine you know it's fine book him if, if, if he's Strange died three him. in a game is that any, any sort of instruction from manager do you think or is it just an anomaly that it no di- diving was on the um the ref's instructions maybe two years ago, two seasons ago, to be harsher on that. But then again, saying that, I've had debates on here with saying that some, you know, if you're running at speed and it's not a foul, but your momentum has taken you over, it's not a dive either. That probably wasn't the case with ours at the weekend. Yeah, oh no, I know that. But But, but Xhaka's was like, there was no reason for him to, it was on the halfway line practically, there was no reason for him to go down Mm. at that point. So you assume he's got a little... Touch. Mustafi definitely got a touch. Whether it was enough to fell him. Yeah, I'm not sure. We had a else, situation, yeah. as you said, Roger, at one point, all three centre-backs on yellow cards, mm-hmm. at nil-nil, not looking very comfortable. Um, and in the end, you know, it, it, it probably, did you feel that we were going to grind it out or you thought this was heading for a nil-nil? Uh, well, I, I started to think this is nil-nil. I, I started to think it was nil-nil because they looked a bit tired, but... I tell you what the big difference for me is under the new manager is I do feel when the second half starts a calm sort of comfort mm-hmm. in he will see the game similar to the way I feel so far anyway this season similar to the way that I'm seeing the game in terms of underperforming players or players that are trying to do something um, a bit too much and he's and he's making the changes um, which I'm really quite happy about it because, because it was quite frustrating under Arsene wait, waiting for the 70th yeah. minute all the time and even then he surprised you with, with the kind of changes uh, he, he's making so I mean what I loved about the Spurs game is that uh, the guys all the guys that were involved in that ruckus on the on the on the touchline 
very fired up, you'd imagine, came straight on and did, and did the business. Um, well, absolutely, even Eric Dyer shouting so vociferously at Aaron Ramsey, and then he comes on and, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, definitely had a, had a huge <laughs> impact on the game. I mean, but also, so the atmosphere in the stadium has changed because of that, because yeah. like, even in the Spurs game, you 2 1 down at half time, and I think. I remember like going out into the concourse afterwards and nobody was really like that down. They weren't mm. panicking. They weren't thinking, oh God, we've messed it up. You know, it I was, was like, down. It was like, I was definitely down. down. But it was still like, there was still, oh, yeah. second half's coming up. You know, we've we have been, outplayed. We've been, yeah. probably been yeah. the better team. They've, they've got a little bit lucky. And it's just like, there was, there was more mm. confidence in that we would at least challenge in the second yeah. half. Whereas before people were, would have been Giving up yeah, the that whole point. atmosphere yeah. that has to have an impact on the players. Just general positivity. Yeah, but knowing you can be hooked at half-time obviously changes the way you play. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. If you know you're on till the 70th minute, mm-hmm. then and th- some and this goes back to the whole. Easy. You know, uh, we won't talk about Wenger for, for too much because I know you've probably done this a thousand times. But you know, you say Alan and I joined at the hip, but I never, re- I was never really aligned completely with his extreme uh, I view and I, never, were, yeah. Yeah, and I was definitely not aligned with your extreme view in the other other way smack down the middle which yeah. is fantastic manager refreshing when he came in made the change from George Graham and now we needed that change desperately because the fans needed it the stadium needed it and now we've got that and Did it's you, a different approach and it's a different style and it's a different tactical uh, approach etc and, and, and I think that we're going to do quite well because of that so absolutely it's a bit, look, as I've said before go, going this season has been a joy I went up to Old Trafford on, on Wednesday which uh, I'll talk about in a minute and just generally being a part of the Arsenal away fans now is, is completely you know, alien almost to what it was just six months ago but what did you make of the fact that the, these half-time substitutions and we've got a defensive crisis coming now Al because we, we, we've lost Rob Holding at Old Trafford yeah Mustafi, even if he isn't injured, which it looks like he, he probably is, he's come off, he will be suspended anyway for yeah. Sunday. Um, you know, I think Socrates is also going to be suspended next Sunday. It leaves us in a, in a situation where you're grateful that Koscielny looks like he's on the way back and Monreal might well be a centre-back for the next yeah. month. I thought you were teeing me up then to talk about my favourite player um, because obviously we've also got Carl Jenkinson lurking around and he had Not, didn't a make good, the bench game, Saturday. good game at um, I assume he'll He play was Thursday. on the bench but he was dressed in like normal clothes. Um, he wasn't a substitute. No. I'm assuming he'll play Thursday but I mean, I thought he had a good game at centre-back. Um, don't really want to be using him in the Premier League. His... Uh, his last win in a league game came 1,063 days ago. An Arsenal league game? No, any league Wait, game. City, there are nine championship games in that stat. Nine championship that games in that stat. 1,063 days since he's taken three points on a football pitch in a league game. In a league game. Obviously, part so, of the Europa uh, League victories. Mm. Wow. So, um, so yeah, that was, that was uh, West Ham against Bournemouth. So, you know, obviously, there? he was there. I probably was actually. I've got an easy answer to this. Poser. Go on. <laughs> yeah. Play Torreira in both centre half positions. Sorted. No problem. <laughs> easy. It could be. I mean, w- w- I mean, we'll come on to the game. At the moment, you have to say right. The, the best defender I thought so far this season was Rob Holding. So to have him gone is it's a huge blow. Was he, I mean, he felt like England call up was was mm-hmm. going on the way. Yeah. You, I thought I life. thought he was nailed on mm. the next round of international games, but. It's, and, and this is the dilemma you have now. He's out for a year. Um, but do you buy someone as yes. a panic? Do you get someone in as a loan? But, no, but you can't just buy someone who is just there for the sake of covering Rob Holding because you've got to sign them up for three or four years. Yeah, but he signed, he signed, economically, it doesn't make a sense. You know? Has he signed five players, four players? 
Well, the do you trust the you know, manager to go out yeah. and buy someone in January? I do. Yeah, I think what yeah, Andrew's saying yeah. is, how do you attract someone to say, by the way, you're only coming in for a couple of months because we've got so and so. It's got to be someone they've all, they're already after. Yeah. Talk yeah, of, and it's you trying to We did it. We did it with Colin Pates yeah. in the '91 season. We brought him in from Chelsea, didn't and if we? History just to has sit, told us just to sit there and do nothing. The one thing that's interesting, Roger, you mentioned there about signings. All five summer signings started on Saturday. I think mm. in Leno, Lichtsteiner, uh, Torreira, Guendouzi. Uh, who am I missing from that? Uh, Socrates. Yeah. So in, that's a huge turnover. I mean, I. Yeah. I took my fiance to the game. She hadn't been for a game in like so much. She was like, "Who are these people?" Um, and actually, it's an incredible turnover. And if you think about that, Bamyang is also relatively new to the to the club in a twelve month cycle to have sort of six, you know, first team no, players it's... come in. That's a, unusual. I think you wouldn't have found that much. In well, Mkhitaryan as well. He's got okay. Mkhitaryan coming in, in January. Yeah. yeah, he's got a bit of paper with names on them. He hadn't, you know, he's turned up at the club. He's given everyone a chance to prove prove themselves. Without making, he, he's made the signings, the obvious signings that need to be made in your Torreras and Lenos, etc. And now he'll accelerate the signing of someone that he wanted to to make. Yeah, that's what, some, that's what it has to be someone that yeah. they wanted before. It can't be like, oh, let's just mm. panic and sign yeah. a centre back because we've lost someone for a. Well, we've season. got Mavropanos as well, don't we? Who who yeah. appeared at the end of last season and yeah, got sent off, but it was not yeah. the worst couple of games. No, I thought um, he looked all right actually. Mm. And again, I, I, I've said this a million times, but. You know, in that position, you are going to have to learn on the job and sometimes you'll make mistakes. But unless you do, you're not going to see the best of them. So you've got to bring these players in when you can. I mean, obviously, it's in an ideal world, you're bringing them in when it's not vital. But obviously now it is because of the, uh, the amount of absences. Would we be having this discussion if he hadn't gone to a back three in the last few games? Mm. Do you mean? Because it's, it's, yeah. that's the... Probably not. You're right. That's the thing, isn't it? If we'd had Kachoni, yeah, Mustafi, Socrates, and Mavropanos as four centre backs, and we were always playing four at the back, we wouldn't necessarily yeah, be, be very thinking unlucky. About three Maitland Niles started the first time, game yeah. at fullback as well, mm. didn't he? So he can slot, he can slot in there, and someone can come in mm-hmm. to, into the centre. Yeah. With Monreal, I mean, look, we saw it under under Wenger a lot. Monreal having to play centre back and, and wasn't mm. the worst option by any no. means. There, so I suspect we'll see it. But what would you do then on 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 Thursday night? Just briefly, if we if we move towards Thursday night, who who do you put in there? Is, is your is your mate Jenkinson getting a game? I, I hope so. Yeah, I think he deserves to play because you know he was so good in the last game. Um, he was solid at centre back. I mean, look, he's at the club. He's earning money. I've made I've made my views clear on that. But yeah, he he's got to play in games like that. Surely he has to. Um, and I think you play as many youngsters as possible. And I'm actually quite looking forward to going because just to see these players. I just think that it's it's a free hit for all of them. And I think it'd be quite um, hopefully an exhibition of football rather than the, the was the game last time against uh, Forksler was. You know, obviously dented by uh, the injury to, to Welbeck and never really got going. I mean, the, the Arsenal team that went out to, to Vauxhall, you know, did have a few senior players in there in, in Czech. Uh, Lischsteiner, Elneny, Ramsey. I mean, clearly like uh, no, Rob Holding, you know, can't play. Yeah. You know, Ramsey also presumably, you know, even if he is back to fitness, which it doesn't seem likely for Thursday, it's going to be a very inexperienced Arsenal. We've topped the group though, haven't we? Yeah, top of the the group. We've done that. Oh yeah, that's what I say. It's a free hit. But do you even play El Nenny? Do you play Maitland Niles? Give them a game, right? Yeah, they need minutes. They need minutes. Anyone that you think is going to be on the fringes, definitely get them in. And then uh, a group of youngsters that are not quite ready for the first team, but get valuable experience playing in a game that doesn't mean anything, but at the Emirates in front of people. And uh, as I say, you know, let them go out, express themselves and... 
long as, um, long as, as, as we I'm looking forward to it. I am looking forward to it. You want to continue the unbeaten run. You don't want to, um, you know, weaken the side to such an extent. But I've, these these lads coming in, they're, they're doing yeah. so well at the moment that you you may be thinking that they won't weaken the team. Hmm. Found out Zach Medley, who you might remember, came yeah. on in yeah. that yeah. game. Apparently he's a cousin of Marvin from, J- from JLS. There's a wow. Little, well, this game's information. That's why people listen to this podcast, for <laughs> gold like that. Um, so there you go, Marvin Humes' is cousin. So um, I, I'm really looking forward to Thursday like you as well. I just think yeah. it's great to see a free hit. It, you know, it doesn't matter if they, if they get beat, but even, you know, I think they should have enough. Even a young Arsenal team should have Definitely. enough for, for this game. Um, just a couple of things then before we, before we go for a break. I thought there's some good comments from Leno talking about Koscielny he's been out for so long but seemingly will come back in and captain the side soon and he, he talks about this um, speech he gave in the Tottenham half time which has been you know publicised he said you know he was not in the squad five minutes before the game he was saying many good things about the history of the game how important it is for the fans and the club he is the perfect captain for us does, does it make any difference do you think that Koscielny's coming coming back into the team now quite an important time of the year 21 unbeaten it's, it seems positive to have your club captain even if he's not maybe at the peak of his powers well, it'll be interesting to see um, the different, the interesting to see the difference in his game under under Emery because I've seen the I've seen a difference in many other yeah. players, uh, existing players that he's inherited from from Wenger. So, for that for that reason uh, uh, alone, anyway, also we're short at the back as well. Um, um, yeah, and you know he's he's part of the fabric of of the mod, of the modern era. So yeah, I mean, look forward to him back. No doubt about that. He obviously wasn't quite fit enough to, to get on the pitch mm. I mean to bring Monreal on ahead of him at centre-back on mm-hmm. Saturday probably suggested almost they were hoping just to slowly bed him into being part of a matchday squad but uh, I don't know if, is yeah. Thursday a time to give him minutes? I don't think so I don't think so just because if he got if he got put back into that game and suffered an injury it it would look like the worst decision ever I don't I, don't, I think it's an absolute no-win situation to put him into that game He's played, um, played a lot of football. I mean, looking at his stats here, he hasn't played less than 25 Premier League games in any season yeah. for Arsenal while he's been there since 2010-11. That's, a, you know, that's an incredible contribution that he's made and, uh, yeah, can only be good, I think. Yeah. So it, I think it just depends on his fitness. I mean, whether they think he needs a bit of a run out ahead of Southampton yeah. in order to get him up to scratch with Southampton uh, or whether they think he's all right for Southampton and it's a bit of a risk to play him in the game before. It's yeah. uh, it's the kind of stuff that we have no he, idea about. He did. It? He did say that he's in with a chance on Thursday. I think didn't he? Oh, right. He did say that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the the final thing really about the Huddersfield game was I was struck by how many seats there were. I don't know if you spotted this, particularly well, in the upper tiers. I mean, I, people who always claimed this was a problem under the last manager. No, is, I've got to concede that. I have to concede that straight away and say that the only game this season we haven't had about 10 spare seats around us was the Tottenham game. Even the Liverpool game, we had spare seats around us. So, um, yeah, it's an odd one, isn't it? It really is an odd one. And in, in the, the games against the smaller teams, there have been whole chunks of the row. Yeah, but that's empty. because that's because football's changed. I mean, the, those seats are sold. Yeah. I know it's I know it's a running joke that we, we say that the, the house yeah. is full, but those seats are sold. Honestly, where I sit, no, I get that. I where totally I sit get that. In front of me, there's a row um, of about ten mm-hmm. seats. It's always the opposition fans, apart from apart from Tottenham game. It's always the opposition fans. So who 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 owns that row in uh, on, on club level? There, you know, it's obviously some firm. Right. So those empty seats will be, you know, corporate seats. Yeah. But even even like what were regulars near me, even up to last season, are not there now. And they, they, it's 
I mean, it's fine. They, they're generally getting filled, and there's some, some mm. young lads coming in, young, young women coming in, and stuff. And it's like, okay, this is nice. You know, they're getting to see the game, but it's not. It's yeah. not the same old, same old. Season ticket prices. I mean, sorry, ticket mm. prices in general yeah. have gone up, and it's a culmination of all of that now, isn't it? Because it's happening, happening at United. It's happening everywhere. Tottenham and Liverpool probably sell out. I think most most mm. games. It's and their price probably a little bit lower. But Arsenal are the most expensive but, team but, to but watch in, Tottenham in the country. Tottenham, Tottenham had 33,000 the other week, yeah. didn't they? I, yeah, mean, they, I mean, they'll sell out the, the new place just for the novelty value. But it is, yeah, it is difficult. I mean, the, the Tottenham game, I was sat next to a woman that st- she started talking to me. And she was over from Israel. And she was actually a Tottenham fan, but she'd been born in, she'd been born in London and moved to Israel and come back. And she got the tickets from like a business associate over in Israel and came along and took her son to the game, and they were both Tottenham fans. Obviously, they they sat there. They didn't they didn't do anything other than just clap all the goals. You think that that is a massive change in the um, the makeup of people that are able to afford and come to games. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're there for Chelsea. that reason. That, sorry, they're still at Chelsea. Still at Chelsea. So the, the, old, the old fans are still there. At yeah. Chelsea. Well, yeah, yeah, mm. but. Sadly, no, you're right. There's definitely yeah. a huge um, proportion who are coming from abroad or, or yeah, exactly. To, to come but, and enjoy the but, game. And but you sort of start thinking. I think, am I annoyed at the fact that that's two Tottenham fans there, or has someone bought their tickets and decided that that's the people they're giving them to? And yeah, I, and I don't know. I can't. Title to I can't. Ex- exactly. I can't really weigh it up in my head. It's not like they were causing trouble or anything. I mean, they could have easily been Arsenal fans that have come a long way either as well. So, Well, I think I, I saw Tim Payton just tweeting about this and, and talking about still the idea of home credits because, like we say, those tickets yes, are sold yes, in, the, yes. in the upper tier. So when it comes to a cup final, should it be that the person who has turned up for, you know, 26 of the 26 games you get on a season ticket or the guy who's turned up for 15, maybe the 26 should be rightly put forward. Yeah, as a, I, I, I just wonder when people start sort of trying to... How do you fake police those that? home credits? Well, also, someone might go in your seat on your season free. ticket and you can't police it. It's, I think it's, it's impossible. If, if, someone, if, if it's sold on the exchange, that's one thing. If mm. someone literally physically gives someone their tickets, mm. it's like, how are you going to know? It's an absolute supply yeah. and demand thing that, that has obviously got to a, uh, a situation now where some of the less attractive games just, just will not find... What is it? Sixty thousand people to come along? Just mm-hmm. you just won't. And that'll go. I think that's across the board. The mm. whole the whole league is yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, we'll take a quick break and we'll be back with you very shortly. Footballistically, Arsenal is lubricated by Watney's Pale Ale. Watney's Pale Ale, the footballistically Arsenal beer of the month. Footballistically Arsenal is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. And we're back from the break. I mentioned before I went up to Old Trafford, which was great fun, on Wednesday last week to go for the Manchester United game. And I've been to to Old Trafford so many times over the years. We hadn't won there since 2006 in the league. We still haven't won there in the league since 2006. But it felt different to me, Andrew. I don't know about you. I came away feeling really positive, like we should have won, that we made chances, Mm. that we gave them a real game. Well, that's nice, isn't it? It's like we we played Liverpool... uh, currently league leaders at home and it felt like we should have won that um, we've played Man United away and it felt like we should have won that we beat Spurs 4-2 has anyone mentioned that on this podcast but, uh, but anyway and so we did win that and we should have won that and it's like that's, that's, that is definitely a difference it's like it wasn't we, we scraped a draw at Old Trafford it was we came away thinking oh, we should have had that I mean it was a 
comedy of errors that, you know, in terms of the goals scored. Yeah. You know, goal of the season was not going to be bothered in, no, in that match at all. But it just it did feel like, you know, we it felt like we played like the home team. Um, and Man United played like the away team. Yeah, so, and, and if one team was going to win it once, it went to two all, it, it felt like mm-hmm. us, Roger. We, how frustrated were you? Did you feel sorry for Klasenash? Because he had quite a good game, but people will remember think, that I, moment. Yeah, but I, I think since we switched to three, back to three, uh, three centre-halves, Klasenash has actually been one of our better players. Still got, He's still got a, a poor control in his locker. That comes out once once a game, I think. But, you know, the way he gets that ball in uh, from from the byline, I think, is fantastic. Um, yeah, he had a good game. You know, it was one of those things where he's he's made he's made a mistake at that point, yeah. And 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 we and we made an error. We still need. Uh, I still want to see a player in um, in um, certain scenarios in a game go around the team to say, guys, keep it tight now for the next five minutes, or you know. And we still don't really have that. I think. Can I say um, the only player I've seen do that. On more than once this season, it is Gwendozi. Yeah, I've seen right. I've seen him, yeah. a nineteen-year-old kid, start saying, you know, like gesturing. It looks like he, you know, it's obviously impossible yeah. to know what he's actually saying, but he sort of seems like he's gesturing, like you know, keep it tight, keep it narrow, and and stuff like that, which is great for him. You know, I mean, it's often but I know what you mean. It's that there's no. There's still not that one that one voice. So look, I don't want to talk about the game in too much detail, Al, because it was already five six days ago. But yeah. our top four hopes, having come away from Spurs, Manchester United, Huddersfield, we've taken seven points from those games, which I think all Arsenal fans would have taken. Mm. We're still fifth favourites to to come in that top four, aren't we? Yeah, I saw um, I saw the table of the games involving all of the the big six, and, and no one's really streaking away in that uh, at the moment, and. Some people like to say that, that, that it gets settled on those games, but I don't think so. It, it, it tends to change season by season, and I think it'll actually be this season, looking at how scrappy that is, it's going to be settled against the, the smaller teams. And the smaller teams at the moment, I think we're dealing with, and we're playing in games where against the big six, we're actually competing. So you would expect the remaining games against those big teams will register at least two wins out of our remaining games against those. Um, and then it will be done elsewhere. So I, I would still be hopeful that we will be... What I'd like to say is that going into April, we'll still have a chance of doing it. I think that's what we can hope for. That doesn't sound too optimistic, just to say we'll be in with a chance going into April. Yeah, but five, I mean, what's that? To go? Five, six games to go. And obviously what I mean by that is... What would you is, take is, now? Say within three points going into the last six games? Four points? I think we can be better off than that. Yeah. That's what I mean. I think we can actually be better off than that. Um, it's very competitive. I mean, the league it is, is but so what competitive. Are we, but what? But what are we going to do elsewhere? Because you know, when the Europa League starts to hot up, he has that gamble to start to make. I guess from about the quarterfinal stage, we start start playing teams of quality, of similar quality. You're going to start having to make the decision as to whether or not you're going for the league game at the weekend. And you know, we saw it with Wenger last year, and I totally agree with him doing it. He started to make that his priority squad and then rest players at the weekend. Um, I mean, Emery's done it before. He's done it plenty of times before. But is he is he going to start change that, changing that at the end of the season? He might have the dilemma that we're very close rather than really far away like we were last year and knowing where we had to put our eggs. Do you think we'd benefit by not getting knocked out early in the Europa knockout stages in a, in a weird way? 
He'll be thinking know, just to still, focus on You've still got to have it there, and I, st- I think he'll be... Just I with his pedigree, so you assume. Oh, but imagine the final against the Spurs, though, which could happen. Well, we'll know. That would we'll be, be too much to bear. We'll, yeah. we'll know much more about you know potential <laughs> opponents within a couple of days, yeah. but invariably there will be some sort of tough teams that come a quarter-final, semi-final. He'll have serious decisions to make if we are fourth, fifth in the table. By yeah, he will. Points. Yeah, he will. And it will be, come down to squad management. And that's why at the moment it does look like he's made it clear to everyone that there is movement between what he thinks is his first team and second but I don't think he actually has that at all. Well, still we haven't really, I wouldn't really be that confident of picking him. Yeah, I was just saying maybe it is because he doesn't know what his you know, strongest 11 is. And even then, like I just said before, at half-time, it's invariably mm. about to change. Does he, yeah, but does he, does he see it like that? Does he see as a strongest 11 is my starting 11? I think no, he's, I think no, he's I think, a tactician. He has a squad. Yeah. I think, yeah. yeah, and and also playing three Premier League games in what eight days or something like that, then you you cannot say what's my best team, what's my best team. I, I don't think you win three European cups on the bounce without being incredibly well tactically minded, and I think no, that's yeah. something. I think that we're we're just going to get used to that. We're going to think, wow, okay, I, I can now sort of work out kind of what he's thinking from a mm. tactical uh, perspective because he is he when I'm watching the game, he is looking at players that are not penetrating in the areas that um, he wants them to and then actually making that specific change. Mkhitaryan keeps getting hauled off and on. Iwobi's one of those mm. as well. And you can see those Well, Iwobi's guys. been poor. Uh, since, and again, you know, it was a thing that really used to wind me up is that, you know, five great games suddenly makes you a legend at Arsenal these days. Um, the Iwobi the praise obviously went a bit OTT. I mean, I... You know, praised him myself. Again, we the difference between saying, "Yeah, that guy's on a good run of form," to "That guy's ch- turned the corner. He's amazing now." Is with the wo- is such Iwobi a big thing. As an example, yeah, Awobi. Awobi's yeah. actually proved it. You know, in the last three months, Awobi's proved it. He would have been one of the first names on the team sheet about two, three months ago, and now you'd struggle to see where he's going to fit in and he's been poor since. And well, it seems the two players that are dividing opinion more than any others. Him and well. Mkhitaryan. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm player. not a fan of Mkhitaryan. Terrible player. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think Mkhitaryan is dividing opinions that much. You just think it's a I just think, opinion. I think most people think he is either not very good or decent to have in the squad. <laughs> Had him got, Do you know what I mean? I don't think anyone's thinking... the Armenian Theo Walcott the other day. He's not, he's not you. I don't think he's anyone's first 11 kind of guy. He's not in my first 25, mm-hmm. mate. He's already made 18 appearances this year, Mkhitaryan. He's found, found a way to get a lot of... Get, time on the pitch but where else by I being don't, I don't fit we've got, yeah but, I was going to say where else have we got anyone that can play in his position he's, we, I, I, don't, I don't dislike him but I, know, I think he's got abilities but I think I, I think he's and we probably weirdly did better out of the swap um, at least financially um, but he yeah I don't think he'll be around for too long I don't think even Emery would want him around too much longer beyond this season Maybe yeah. I mean, it depends if anyone's going to come in and offer money for him. I'm hoping. Uh, I'm hoping um, we continue to blood uh, the ESR or Smudger or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, and and then ship out your likes of um, yeah. Mkhitaryan at the end of the season and let these guys come in. I think um, Maitland Niles yeah. is a very good player as well. You have got yeah. a fella in Germany to come no, back. Yeah. No, Reese Nelson will come back next summer. Mm. Yeah. So you know. I still can't think of when we so went to Old Trafford the other night and we were discussing on on the way back in the car. Danny Welbeck would definitely be getting game time at the moment ahead of probably yeah, he would. Yeah. ahead of a he would, but, he was an, but he was another one mm-hmm. and you know I'm, you know 
obviously we're wishing well on his injury, but we're saying prior to that, he's another one that could have, you know, two or three reasonable games and then be you'd be told that he was the saviour of um mm-hmm. You know the side, but he, been, he 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 wasn't. You know, talk about Old Trafford never game ever was as well. I do feel for Mkhitaryan because he did produce the finish of the season for his disallowed goal. That sort of yeah, left-footed yeah. volley that <laughs> was good. physically shouldn't have been able to go in yeah. um, at his old employers. But those little yeah, those little yeah. sparks of genius aren't really what you're crying out for with players like that. I mean, Thomas Rosicky used to do that, but then go missing in games constantly. Podolsky. So Podolsky's another one. Who, um, yeah, hammer one. Kleb, Arshavin. Now, players like that that again very much highlights players and not ones that give give it to a certain level almost constantly. Just, like, just reversing a little bit to the, the, the top four challenge I'd kind of given this season a free pass I thought as long as I saw progress yeah it would be I'd be happy you know it's, it's new manager taking up an old squad new ideas it's a whole new structure behind him would everyone here be happy if we finished even fifth or sixth, but at least were, I know, say we had a similar first half of the season or second half of the season that we've had to the first half where we've we've competed and we battled and it just happened to be that you know, results didn't quite work out and we, we finished up a few points off the top four. I, I think that's the most likely scenario of this season, really? isn't it? The most likely scenario is we finish outside the top four. Yeah. You know, statistically yeah. best in one. And that we don't win the Europa League. Like, the, there's more chance we won't. But there'll be such a difference to doing the same outcome as what we did last season. Because I think just because of the improvement, it, it feels like it's been on the pitch. But when Arsenal fans are getting called spoilt for saying that they, you know, we wanted Wenger out because it was all to do with trophies and things like that, it wasn't. It was, it was the competing side of it. Um, we always said it was the competing side of it. So to be in with a shout in those things late on in the season is all you really ask for first time up. And then you know, I, I, the, the, I saw something, an article saying that obviously the spend related to players, it puts us about fifth. And I know you've mentioned it before, yeah. Josh, but that's not really why you watch football. I mean, if it was all to do with how much you spent on players, you'd just publish the financial results to start the season and, and put them in that order. But what you want even to itself out eventually, like what, we're seeing with Burnley. Yeah, but what, but what you want is uh, teams to be able to punch above their weight. And sure. it only has to be slightly. And then, as fans, you've got to be happy when that happens. I mean, uh, if you think about, if you're a City fan or a Chelsea fan of a certain age, any of the titles you've won or trophies that you've won don't have nearly half as much meaning as the kind of thing where we saw our team win it in... All right, some of us didn't because uh, I'm a bit older, but win it in 89, 91, mm. even 98. Those players, they won't ever experience that joy of having that because it would just be tinged in the back of their mind that that was done off the back of yep. you know unsold riches. An actual team out there mm. that were brought through from your club... Um, and we've been lucky enough to see that in, in three different generations. And even the big clubs like Liverpool, Manchester United used to, used to have that. This is a thing that City and Chelsea have now just taken. It probably started with Blackburn, where your your success is tinged with how much you're spending. Well, oh, oh, they'll never experience Sorry. that joy. They'll never experience that joy of, mm-hmm. of 18. When people argue that Aguero uh, winning in the last minute is even anywhere near Thomas, it's not. I mean, it's not... 
even on the the face the the facts that that we were challenging the other team in their backyard having to win two 0 But even if you just looked at the squads and the way the squads were formed and the fact it was young players from the local area, it's, yeah. it's mad. And also, it was yeah, and I'm the same with you. I mean, I remember '87 winning the League Cup against yeah. Liverpool, and I was like. That's the first trophy I ever saw us win. Yeah, it's like against Liverpool, and nobody beats Liverpool. Exactly. What's yeah. going on? Yeah. It's, and, and then and then we we won the league. And it's like we don't. In my head, we don't win the league. Yeah. Yeah. It never happened in my lifetime, and it, it meant so much more. Yeah. Um, and then having a little period where we were, oh, we're actually arguably the best team mm. in the country as well in the late nineties and early two thousands. It's like at least it was a proper scrap mm. with Man United. And it, yeah, and now it's just yeah, like you're saying, it's it, it is competitive. I mean, uh, uh, what, we, what we would have been about two to one in that game, at Old Trafford, uh, uh, um, Anfield, because City were heavy odds on against QPR. Oh, what to they? win two nil? No, to win the game. Just to win to the win game. To win two nil, obviously, yeah, it's big price. I think to win the game, it was bigger. Yeah, it, they it hadn't bigger. been. I they had four or five to one. They hadn't lost by yeah, two goals. I think at it was home even bigger than that. I think years. I think it was even bigger yeah, than that. Yeah, well. It feels like an opportunity to to get the '89 DVD out for Christmas at some point and watch it all again. <laughs> oh, I love it. Got some downtime. Um, j- just on just on Welbeck there, there was a story last week that was sort of seemingly. How did we get from Danny Welbeck to '89? Wow, not sure. <laughs> was that when he was born? <laughs> <laughs> but, but seemingly Welbeck's being allowed to leave. That seemed to be the the story coming out. You know, really, there had been rumoured, but it sort of came out on Thursday, and there was talk of Galatasaray trying to you know potentially offer again, him a not- contract next month when he becomes able to talk. A, to clubs yeah. six months ahead of his contract. Yeah, again, not to speak ill on the fact that he's, you know, had the injury. If we're sitting here now and he was perfectly fully fit and he would have had those sort of ups and downs and dipping in and out of games and good one week, bad the next, I think you'd, we'd all be sitting here saying, yeah, it's probably not what we want. Look, you, you could get you better for say, this, put it that way. And look, it's, it's just so unusual, I can't go over it, about bringing five players in who have all worked and all been able to sort of contribute mm. to the first team. If that's, you know, it's a, it's a good start to, to life under transfers start. under Emery. So bringing a couple of more that can go into that first team squad, certainly, and, and have an impact, then uh, it bodes well, which makes you realise if, if that is going to be the departure of Welbeck and seemingly Ramsey, then so be it. Yeah, the Ramsey one I can't buy as much. I still think that he has much more to offer. Does anyone know or at least have a good inkling of how much he was being offered no, in terms no of a contract? Because I understand if he was, if that contract was for 250 grand a week and that gets whipped away, I can understand that being taken out. Oh, you know, do you know oh I mean? yeah, because you're saying Emery's come in and seen that, right, this chunk is going to this guy here and he's maybe gone, no, I, I don't think that, that I want that portion of my transfer budget to go on here. Yeah, what I can get for, for that money, yeah. you know... It's, and probably not not just that. It's also about raising the 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 bar mm-hmm. for the rest of the squad. He's probably trying to build yeah. a squad yeah, with a bit more. Because could well go. Yeah, I think he could go as well. As well. Then, yeah. Just just before we go, we we have to talk about the very serious incident that was uh, spread in the Sun um, the other day about the uh, the laughing. <laughs> sorry, <gas>. sorry. Um, <laughs> just inhaled. Yeah. The Arsenal. This is what the Sun went with. Arsenal footballers have been filmed passing out. Passing out after inhaling happy crack, sorry, hippie crack, um, <laughs> could be happy, um, hippie crack from balloons at a wild champagne and vodka party. The shocking footage obtained by The Sun shows Guna stars Alexandra Lacazette, Matteo Ganduzi, Ozil, Bamiang at the heart of dangerous binge on nitrous oxide. The boozy bash enjoyed by about a dozen players and 70 girls took place in London in August, just days before the start of the season. What I can't work out is why has this come out now? Are they, were they waiting mm-hmm. for a 
bad moment? I think were they uh, hoping I think that Arsenal don't go 21-1 unbeaten? Were they, were they, is it supposed to come out before the Man United game or before the Spurs game and they just messed up the timings? Because it's just such a non-story. I mean, you know, with the history of footballers and what they've done over the years, it's just... Yeah. No, one, no one gives a shit. Really, no one gives a shit. Did yeah. you notice people well, was... at the game on Saturday who had brought balloons with them? Really? I don't know if it was just in the lower <laughs> tier. There was uh, two two guys always yeah. to my left who, I, I mean, the checks and security aren't what they could be anyway. No. When you get into the Emirates, you just feel like you're generally being patted. I, the, I did love against pleasure, Spurs, really. the smoke and the flares. I kind of like yeah. that. That was terrific. It, it was but Italian. Yeah. Someone seemingly got the balloons in mm. and there were 20 balloons going around, <laughs> which it took me a few seconds. That's <laughs> work unusual. Why. And then I worked oh, it out. Man. Um, I want to know the legalities of the... CCTV footage being well, this is why released. this is so. Someone said this is why it has been delayed because this is an employee that's now left there with the tape. So, so that's is that right? The Beth, point, isn't it? I don't. I don't so, know. You know. So at the point that they were um, they were at this at this venue, it couldn't be released at that time. I now this David person Bentley. left it. Yeah, David were, Bentley. Yeah. <laughs> it says they were. I wonder what he was doing there. They were off their heads on the gas. Some of them appeared to pass I, out. It got pretty wild. Ozil looked out of it at one point, well, not for the first time this season. He took a big draw on a balloon, then seemed to lose consciousness and slide down in his seat. The young player with the curly hair, <laughs> I think that's Guendouzi, was also encouraged to have a go, and the effect was even worse. He inhaled the gas, then passed out completely and slumped on one side of the sofa. Yeah, well, see, I think the first concern there is that there's some married men there, and then there's 70 girls. So, I mean... Not to be safety and morally, morally judgmental, but I'm sure they've yeah. had but the, uh, a little sort of tug from their wives to say, "Hold on a sec, why?" <laughs> but I, also, seventy I women. Mean, I meant a tap on the shoulder. You know, also like why seventy have, women in why a nightclub. Seventy women bust into this. Uh, to well, there's this no pictures of that. There's no but pictures who invited the women? Yeah. I don't know. But and who I, introduced them in? Yeah, you know, it is. See, I tend to agree with your friend Perry Groves's comments that the stars under George Graham like to enjoy themselves mm-hmm. and still performed. These lads have still performed. They'll get a bit of a rocket it's before from... The se- it was before the, it was start of the season, right? I think it was yeah. a few days yeah. before. Yeah, so I think, I think, so team bonding. A bit of laughing gas. Yeah. Who gives a... It's, it's team bonding. Right. I think, I think their warning will be from the club, uh, just check for security cameras next time. <laughs> Absolutely. My yeah. favourite bit of this whole article was saying, at the start of the season, Emery confirmed he had banned fruit juice from the club's London Colony training base yeah. because it t- contains too much sugar. <laughs> a club source said last night, if Emery was unhappy with his players drinking fruit juice, God knows how he'll feel about them binging on hippie crack and vodka. So There's there no go. sugar in hippie crack. I know that for a <laughs> fact. So, you know. But there you go. Well, I hope that balloons remains a feature of, uh, of both the home <laughs> and away end this year. I like the idea that, uh, that they will do that. Uh, we, we turn to the stage, we've got, we've got two games to, to predict. We spoke briefly about the uh, Carabao Europa League game, which is, to, to all extents, uh, just an opportunity for, for the youngsters. But I always wonder, Raj, how the, the new manager bounces out a thing. What's the, is, is there anything on the data on that? Because Southampton, I know that he's obviously lost his first game, but it'd be the first home game for a new manager. That 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 is a thing. It is a thing. It's definitely a thing. If you if you look back they'll statistically, pick up in yeah, they'll pick up short term well, pickup. Well, you, you know, it's 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 obvious, right? Players playing for their positions, so um, there is there is a there is a short term uh, pickup. So you know, I don't I don't know uh, I don't know what price. Southampton are for this game, but uh, you know, 
might be a little smidge of, of value if you want us to if you want if you want to back against us uh, carrying that run on to the end of the season. Seven to two, something like that. So a record at Southampton over the last couple of years. Last year we just drew one all in the league. Oh, the year before though. Uh, year before was um, a two nil. Charlie the year before that was oh, a 4 0 defeat. It's generally before. been a bogey ground, though, yeah. I think, over yeah, for I've, a long I've time. I've been a couple of times and don't think we've returned with anything other than a point a couple of times. Yeah, to win 5 0 in the um, FA Cup, um, if I recall rightly. That was a good night so, for Theo Walcott. Predict, so, yeah, what are your predictions, predictions then for the, oh. uh, firstly, the Carabag game? Um, Carabag, I think we will win 3 0. I'm going to say season's lowest attendance. Followed okay, 20, by, I can't even give my tickets away. I'm going to go, but you know, it's like it's one of those things. I'm going to go lowest attendance and a two-one win. Roger, yeah, I'm going to follow you in. Actually, exactly the same. Two-one lowest attendance. Okay, yeah, it seems safe on the lowest attendance, but two-nil, two I'll go to Arsenal. Um, Southampton are at best price. What's it say? They're about three to one. Look about 61 to 20. Yeah, three, to one. three to one. Uh, Arsenal just about odds on to, to win the game. Sounds okay. Wouldn't, wouldn't be running mm, away from that price. Odds on away from home. Probably uh, wouldn't touch it. In the cold. Nah. I probably wouldn't touch it, but I'm about well, to. Well, the two people who I'm work about, in the field are shaking to, their heads. So yeah, there but you I'm go. about. Not at that price. Just, just before we get there, are you, would you play a back three? Just quickly, would you play the three centre backs or do we go back to. Uh, Depends back who's four? fit and I trust him to get it right. And then change it after 45 yeah. minutes when it hasn't yeah. yet again. I'm going to go right. back four, but Monreal at left back. Yeah, which would be... Uh, if we can find two fits centre-backs. If yeah. he sort of finds himself yeah. back on the bench for a foreseeable yeah. future. So yeah. he might be hoping it's three at the back and Monreal what, what, feels... So what is that back for? Socrates? Oh, no, he's out. Yes, yeah, he's, he's out. out. Yeah. So you've got Koscielny who's fit. Yeah. I mean, Monreal could could be brought in. Steve Bold, can he still play technically? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, he's going to flick on at the near post. Guys, what is it back for? Well, I think it, it, I think Mavropanos is sort of coming back Bellerin. to fitness. Um, Bellerin will always play on the right hand side. Mm. I, I, I think it will be a That's five again. Isn't it? I think it, as long as there's a options, he'll he'll stick with that. You think? I think Galaz has actually Literally. been playing well enough at, at left back. But how, how do you feel those three spots? Lichtsteiner. Yeah. yeah. How do you feel those three spots? Lichtsteiner. Yeah. and Monreal. Oh. That's risky. Wow. Very risky. That sounds very Carlin Cup of Southampton yeah. are not the world beaters this season. Anyway, your prediction. They're not, but apparently they were pretty good in the in the top game, even though they lost it last week. So good maybe first half, a little pick yeah. up. Um my prediction is that we will sneak it two one, but I wouldn't be betting on it. I'm gonna say because it is a bit of a bogey fixture and because this is this season's fashionable score, I'm gonna go two two. Which of course was a score against Manchester United at home not long ago. And Raj? One all. Well, I'm going to go for 2-1 uh, Arsenal victory with lots of balloons in the away end. That's my prediction <laughs> for it. Uh, fantastic. We're, we're done. Uh, thank you so much, Al, for stepping in and uh, for Raj and Andrew for coming in as well. And we'll be back next week uh, where Boyd has probably no doubt had a magnificent birthday in New York and will tell us all about it. So we'll, we'll see you next week. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Footballistically Arsenal is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. 
Tim Hortons new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.